0: Which of the two came about first, the companion or the podcast? As a fellow podcaster, I have this natural curiosity, as escorts with podcasts are few and far in between. On a recent business trip to Toronto, I reached out to Sienna and asked if she would like to meet. I was excited when she obliged. A meeting of the mind, so to speak. Immediately, I felt comfortable chatting with her as I imagine most of her guests do. This incredible young woman has made a huge impact using her voice as a platform to share the stories of those within our community. I am honored to have the opportunity to host her personal interview and call her a friend. The shiny star needs no introduction, Sienna Hunter. There's a lot
1: of people who are trying things that they've never tried before. Sacks!
0: Why do you think people don't see it as work?
1: I don't know. I think there's just too much stigma.
0: What do you mean we can't just go tell people
1: the vast uh, complexity of human sexuality? The Escort Deconstructed.
0: (laughs) Oh my God! This was so much better earlier. Okay. Well, surely you have all heard of this podcast, The Escort Deconstructed. I know many of us are curious about the creator of this content. I know I was when I first discovered her. So today we are going to learn all about Sienna Hunter, her reason why, and her continuation in this journey of destigmatization of sex workers in the industry. So without further ado, we will introduce the one, the only Sienna Hunter.
1: I feel like there should be some fake crowds in the background clapping. You should! That was that kind of introduction. Bravo, Miss Elliot. It's okay. It is weird to actually be the one answering these questions I created to ask other people. It's not so nice being in the hot seat. I've always been afraid of sharing my story and exposing myself in this way. Virtually no one knows what my story is. I have always been reluctant to tell it. I'm not sure what the ramifications will be. Uh, for my future and exposing myself like this but I mean it is the whole point of the podcast so um I guess I've been asking people like how they pick their name and I completely randomly made a list of first names and last names and then just picked one tried to make it one that wasn't too popular and voila I feel like if I could change it now I probably would already
0: you would change your name
1: I don't like how generic the last name is. Like, I should have tried a little bit harder, you know? It's kind of like picking Smith as a last name.
0: Well, Sienna, how long have you been in the industry today?
1: Okay. So... The real answer here is I started in 2013 when I got a holiday work visa to live in the UK. Um, I guess a little bit of background story. I had actually lived in another country at this point when I was 17. I, Well, I guess when I was 16, I applied to do the Rotary Exchange program and lived in Switzerland for a year with three different house families. I know some people might not think that is alone, but I landed in the country alone. It was a huge culture shock. I had to learn German, go to high school even though I was done high school. Um, It was just, I really enjoyed it as an experience. It was just It was hard not having anywhere else to go or anyone to see if things went south. Uh, It was a a very good character building experience. And I mean, it's it's an amazing country. I absolutely adore that country. They're so efficient. And so I went back to where I'm from in the prairies and did three more years of university. A friend of mine begged uh, me to get a holiday work visa with her. I really, I should have finished that four years i only finished three years and then i went on a trip across the world i should have finished it Ugh, it's still it's so annoying to this day that i had to go back and finish that last year uh at the time and even now i think there's still the program for getting a holiday work visa for people under 30 in the commonwealth countries to go for i think the uk is the only one that offers two years and then canada and australia offer for one year Anyways, you're not supposed to have, like, jobs that further your actual career. You're just supposed to have, like, uh, service jobs or whatever, hospitality jobs. And somehow sex work fit into there for me. And, yeah, I went uh, alone, actually, because that friend of mine backed out last minute with some really horrible excuse and ended up going to Australia with another friend. I still don't understand that to this day, what happened there, why. She begged me to go and then, you know removed herself in that situation but I had already figured everything out gotten everything in place and I wasn't I wasn't prepared to have the whole like moving into a new country alone thing again I didn't think I was doing that but I was like fuck it I'm gonna make it all work in the UK and landing in London not knowing anybody was so horrifying uh, even the border patrol guy thought I was insane when I said I didn't know where I was gonna stay um But yeah, the first three or four jobs I got uh, for the first three months I was living in Scotland, uh, they kept not paying me my wages, which is weird because I've never not been paid for employment before. But I finally found out it was because I was an immigrant. And like, what was I going to do about it, essentially? So the owner of the two Two out of the four places kept trying to get me to go out with them, so that then I would get paid. I, I don't know. It was like a lot of cringe-worthy experiences all at once, and it it really hit me like especially hard that I moved to another country and I thought that I'd be able to make this year work purely on resilience and tenacity alone, and showing I could do all of this myself. Uh, it was it was quite the shock and quite disheartening that I couldn't make anything work. I didn't want to admit defeat and tell anybody I was having issues either. I don't really think I've ever told anybody this part of the story or how I felt either, Uh, but I don't want to insult my family at all. You know, they're people that love me and, you know, raised me the best they could, et cetera. Uh, But home never really felt like home for me. And then living in Switzerland and having three different families, And uh, going back home, it didn't feel like home, and then being in the UK didn't feel like home either. And I just, there just nowhere really felt like home or was home. There was really nowhere that I would have rather been. And I, yeah, just the the huge failure of not making anything work really dug deep. To think, if they'd all just paid me my wages, it would have been a completely different experience. (laughs) And so I took a weekend myself, a little 3-4 days off and watched a bunch of classic movies like Dead Poets Society, Scarface and Pretty Woman was one of them. And I went down this like weird rabbit hole path of I guess like university level research of uh, w- how much escorts actually make in that whole like underground society. And websites like Ashley Madison or Arrangement Websites or Miss Travel was a thing then too all just like popped up and I was amazed at the plethora of like websites out there for people that want alternative models to relationships. I was obsessed with learning about essentially this like secret society everyone's part of. It's like each website was competing with the other of like look at what we've got going on here and there somehow always seemed to be tons and tons of users so I I mean, I know lots of them are bots, but still like people are engaging in this and just not talking about it. And it was infinitely interesting. I find that was true with we all know that all escorts and I guess even clients, maybe. I don't know. I can't speak from what it's like to be a client. But as soon as you say you're an escort, I mean, people have a million questions for you because it's something that, yeah, there is no data on that's secretive still but that a lot of people engage in and you kind of want want the insider info. You want to know what's going on. You maybe want to be part of it and you just know it's bad. So you always just didn't look into it. And I mean, that was very thrilling for me. I was already quite promiscuous at the time. so. And yeah, then I saw an ad on, I guess, Gumtree, Craigslist, whatever, and tried it out and worked for an agency in Scotland for about three months, two, three months. In 2013, and then I got the gist of it, and moved to London. Did it there for a bit, and then just I guess all over the UK for about a year and a half. <laughs> wow, she's well traveled, in the industry since
0: 2013.
1: Yeah, yeah. Initially, I didn't know what to do, so I thought I'd work for an agency. And it was such a weird conversation to call these people. And have them be like, so this is what it's going to be expected of you. You're, you're going to have to be okay with it. Or essentially, you can't work here. And I'm like, huh. You're a young woman and you early 20s. Yeah, I was 21. It's just so weird. And then I talked to someone else and it was a woman. And I guess I just went with her. And she had stock images of ladies. And she'd always send me out as this woman, this Russian woman with huge boobs named Angel that I looked nothing like. Um... <laughs> But yeah, after two, three months, I got the gist of it and moved. And it's funny because the woman that owned the agency was trying to dissuade me from it by telling me that no one would want to hire me in a bigger city and that I was getting a lot of publicity fame now because I was the only Canadian one. And if I didn't have as much self-respect for myself, I would have believed all of her nonsense. But I was just her top earner. And if I ever said no, oh, like, you know, she would threaten to fire me, Okay, which was gross. That income that she was
0: gaining from employing
1: you. Totally. And like completely didn't want us to talk to each other, which I also thought was really gross because obviously a lot of us were young women, didn't know what we were doing. And it would have been nice to talk to another young woman about it. 2013, I didn't use Twitter. I didn't use anything. I had no idea. And she knew that. So that was an advantage. Huh? I
0: think a lot of. Yeah,
1: I think that escort agencies can be fine, but there's so many hidden power moves that are so easily undertaken that if you don't know what they are or like what to look for, it's very easy to like be taken advantage of and be in a situation that is a lot less than ideal, not good working conditions. But I I do think that the the collectives going on nowadays and letting girls work independently and for the agency and end of a whole host of other arrangements, uh, work well they're good they're good systems for for people that are new or people that don't want to be independent don't want to have to keep up that level of work it's just that in this industry there's a lot of obedience to authority behind closed doors going on and like it's so trippy you're instructed to follow orders your whole life growing up your parents school and then one day someone's going to offer something to you that is not okay and you're going to have to know to say no i'm not doing that how dare you ask But you've not been conditioned to do that your entire life. So how are you going to know? That's one of the main things that really irks me about this industry not being decriminalized is because it makes it impossible for people that do want to find out what is and isn't normal to get that information. So instead, getting put in these situations where we don't know where we should be saying no, what we should be saying no to, why, and it's dangerous. There is a safe way and a good model under which sex work can operate in which no one feels taken advantage of and everyone is happy to be there. Happy with the terms of what's happening. Just like in any other business in the world, you have a contract of what's what's outlined. Both parties are happy. Great. Consensual business arrangement. Fabulous. You're
0: right. <laughs> so when you decided to embark on this journey... Did you tell anyone or did you just keep it to yourself?
1: Yeah, I kept it to myself. I journaled a lot, I guess. I uh, I didn't really tell anybody for the first, yeah, while I guess I worked at that agency. I told one friend and they ended up st- literally stealing from me in the night when I let them sleep okay. over at my house one night and they deleted their Facebook the next day. <gasps> yeah, I know. Okay. Ugh. So after that, I didn't tell people. And then I, I guess, dated one guy when I was there and sponsored his life for a year and a half. And he knew. a sugar mama. Ugh. (laughs) I I guess. I just believe in people and, like, helping people get a chance. But that backfires, as everyone knows. You have a big heart. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with I think I'm still pretty fucking naive when it comes to most things.
0: So what stood out the most about working in this industry that you've never considered before becoming a sex worker?
1: I think it's how secretly involved such a huge part of the population is. Growing up, you see, like, sex workers obviously stereotypically being people of troubled pasts and having no clue in life, no prospects. And yet you see all these important people have scandals or you know, wholesome moms that say, one day I used to do this and it was the worst month of my life. But it just seems like a huge part of the population is somehow involved in sex work, but no one talks about it. And also there's all these unspoken rules and ways that people act. And I was kind of obsessed with knowing all the secrets and knowing the way things actually worked. Felt like an undercover journalist in a way, just super interested. Also definitely an adrenaline junkie. But it stood out that sex work really is um, any like any other form of slave labor under capitalism. It's just some people's preferred method of work. It's just work. It takes a resilient, ambitious, hardworking person to be a sex worker, and that is not what I would have told you before doing it.
0: Everyone just thinks it's it's easy to do, but it's definitely not one of those.
1: Like the resilience you need to put up with all of this shit is huge. You have to get up every day and be that inspiration, be attractive, and, I mean, that shows a great work ethic. I want to be the person that makes it okay to put sex worker proudly on a resume and show how hard you worked, how many diverse skills you have in marketing, advertising. Why can't that be on your resume, especially since so many people are doing it nowadays? And arrangements are a form of sex work, everyone, so just get over it. You're right. I agree with that this obsession with people being in arrangements and not being sex workers like it's like everyone's trying to get sex worker benefits but avoid the stigma so instead we're just like calling sex work not sex work it's it's ridiculous to me like you're paying for intimacy it's a form of sex work and the fact that so many people are doing it and okay with it exactly let's let's Decriminalized, destigmatized sex work but let's stop calling this not sex work and trying to promote this and at the expense of sex workers I mean it may it's it's nonsensical to me but yeah you the society is inadvertently condemning sex workers to stay in the sex work field once they're done because they're so stigmatized and they're also going to have this huge gap in their resume i think it should be okay i think i want to try to normalize being a sex worker for part of your life and being proud of that on a resume
0: now tying in sex work into your resume i know personally at first that you did not show your face yeah what made you decide to build behind the voice
1: I think it was just really hypocritical of me to try to be an advocate for this and then still hide my own face. Like, what kind of faith am I having in what I'm preaching if I don't even believe it enough to show my face and put myself at risk? Obviously, I had the con- privacy concerns I had are partly like, do people know where I live now? Are people yeah. going to c- be outside my house? Obviously, there are some travel restrictions if my real name gets out um, in association with this. But I don't know. I don't think we should have to hide in the shadows anymore. I mean, I have no idea this is going to work out. Most people in my life still don't know what I do. If you know who I am, please keep it that way. (laughs) Um, To be honest, I have no idea if showing my face was a good move or not. I just know that it felt right for me. Um, Being an advocate doesn't mean you have to show your face. I just felt it, uh, it was something I needed to do. And I hope it yields something positive. It's really personal, but so I have a bachelor's degree in international studies, political studies, and it struck me that because I chose to do this with my time and work on personal projects like this podcast and this book I've been writing since I started escorting, that I don't have a resume anyone would take seriously. And I had numerous meltdowns about it. I've worked so hard. I've done so many things. And it's going to go unappreciated. And I'm going to have to carry this huge label of shame. And like, why can't I proudly say I was a sex worker for a while in my 20s. I was sexually liberated. I brought actual joy to people. I want to change this industry so that it's not a horrible bottom dweller place for abuse. But somewhere people can go to actually get some companionship they're lacking and enjoy intimacy in a way they choose that suits them might i add not harming anyone else in the process and i don't think that i should be ashamed of that but there's no way around it right now unless i lie like i do to have to rent a place right now which feels horrible like it's so much anxiety i don't want to have to lie anymore so what am i gonna do about it make a podcast and i hope it does something Ugh.
0: in your truth that's
1: Mm. We'll see how that pans out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so far, I think you're doing a pretty good job. And I think everyone that listens to you agrees with me when I say that.
1: You're well, I think gonna- we all have the same parallels of being proud of all the hard work we do and being underappreciated.
0: Yes. So what is your preferred verbiage? I would
1: especially since talking with everyone on the podcast. Like I really like I've really noticed how it's just about anything. You can't be offended by any word. And it's all I th- I use the word escort to just kind of refer to what I'm doing. I say companion if I mean the kind of escort I am. Just one that's more focused on like, I guess I'd say longer bookings purely because I talk incessantly and am morally curious with getting to know everything about someone's life and why they act the way they do. And that's really why i I like doing this job right now is that I'm just so intrigued by people and I need I need time to get that whole story you know and then I would say sex work is the umbrella term I call myself a hoe but I know that's historically not okay so I should probably pick a new word uh whore because Maggie McNeil likes it yeah they're all whatever I also have a bunch of other labels that have nothing to do with sex work but we're not going to get into that Labels are bullshit, and I think that when you tell yourself that you are something or you're, you grow up with your parents telling you you're something, you very much associate with that, and it influences your behavior on the daily, and so I've relentlessly tried to get away from ever having a label, and that's why I kept – I've moved so much in my life alone, and it's – I love the first month when I live somewhere no one knows who I am. No one knows if I'm that loud kid, that quiet kid, that bitchy girl – That whatever it is, they have no idea. And so I get to actually just be myself. And then the labels inevitably follow. But that little starter bit, that's my favorite. You
0: like to have an air of
1: mystery. I like to have no assumptions or boxes telling me who I am. No expectations. Essentially, I have very thin skin. I need to, like, buck up a little bit. We're working on that. So... is your uh, infamous
0: question. Tell me about your childhood or how you progressed as an individual to come together okay with partaking in escorting or would you like to share something from your upbringing? Maybe a funny story about yourself?
1: I would you just... Choose. See, Elliot is a champ and she did this whole damn thing with me yesterday, but I was so tired that I completely messed up. So thank you, Elliot, number one, for doing this all over again with me so I could get it... Oh more right but still probably far from right the second time around um i am a middle child i went to a small francophone school growing up um uh, i was pretty promiscuous as a from like 16 to like 21 i'd say and then i never owned a thong till i was like 16 or wore makeup till then i was yeah i was pretty like and tomboy-y. I still am now today, I guess, but now I enjoy numerous feminine things I didn't do when I was younger. Um, I still, like, I don't get fashion at all. I'm not girly in that way. I'm terrible at dressing myself despite loving art and creativity and, like, painting. There's something about dressing yourself that I've just never, I've never understood I'd love to, but I I just, I can't get it. Can't grasp the notion. Uh, Both my parents are quite Academically inclined, one of them with a master's and the other a Ph.D., and I think they'd be thoroughly ashamed of me when they eventually find out about my involvement in this. They'll see it as wasted potential. Yeah, I would just say overall, uh, not that close to my family. Um, They've never really been someone they've understood um, very well. I was the only kid at my, the the woman that raised me at daycare after school and before I was the age of going to school. She's still a family friend now and goes over to my parents' house. She used to visit us once a month or so after, even past, even I saw her like two years ago when I went home and spent some time volunteering with her in the summer. And to this date, I am the only kid she made exceptions for at daycare because I was good-hearted, but the most stubborn kid she'd ever, ever met. In regards to escorting, I think that, yeah, growing up I was never exposed to anything related to sex work, never really thought about it. Definitely wasn't okay that I was any kind of sexual before Whatever, 16, 18. I remember my mom thinking I had sex once when I was 15, which I had not been sexually active at that point, but she made numerous comments about how I was going to get pregnant and ruin my life and et cetera, et cetera. I sort of quickly found out growing up and being old enough to make my own decisions. Like, I don't know, what is that, age 12, age 13? You start making, maybe when you go into high school, when that starts. I was a person who would make very different choices than they would, so ever seeking their approval would not land the way I would hope so I just got used to not sharing my decisions with them because I would have just been told that the decision I chose was wrong and then I wouldn't like choosing what they would choose so we were just different kinds of people you know so I just got used to not looking to my family to be there for me in that sense and it's kind of yeah remain like that to this day no doubt compounded by my involvement in this industry I think if I had a quote normal job I would probably talk to them more because there'd be more for them to approve of. sounds bad, but my parents are very cynical people and I find it hard to talk to them, period. They did their best and, of course, I thank them for having me and raising me. But yeah, the kind of kid I was growing up, I'd say one that got along with everyone but wasn't part of any group. Everyone called me weird. Um... And then when it got to be age of sexual attraction, people found me attractive. So that kind of weirdly changed my stance in social situations. And yeah, always a lone wolf for sure. Just that's that's the what you choose when you constantly follow adventure and new experiences. You just end up doing it alone. Um, just from the prairies, not from a big city never ever wanted to live there, always could feel I don't belong there and have endlessly just been moving and I do love traveling and seeing how other people live and being like oh my god there's all these other ways to live and that's addictive I'm addicted to knowing how other people live and why people act the way they do I'm quite the philosopher
0: hmm You ready to switch gears here and get into our Twitter questions? Yeah,
1: we'll see what I leave in there. That was like the most random rambling ever. I wrote like a fucking essay in here that I'm not going to share because it's ridiculous. But yeah. If you want to. Oh, I'm not sharing it.
0: (laughs) All right. So we've got some questions from your Twitter followers. And they're around. Let's see. We've got about 13 questions for you. So this is going to be a lightning round. Woo, woo
1: For it? I mean, it's probably not because I talk forever, but try your best. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Our first question is why did you start the podcast?
1: Mm, well, like I said, I've been writing this book actually since I started Escorting. And I have chosen to see this quarantine as a blessing in disguise. And I'm going to pretend I'm on a writer's retreat and not having. Panic attacks every day during a pandemic. Um, but yeah, I essentially just got really sick of explaining to people what it means to be an escort and that I'm not, you know, sex trafficked. The first few friends I did tell I was an escort looked at me with horror and told me that I was going down a bad path in life and, um uh, like it's really hard when absolutely everyone thinks that you're fucking your life up really hard and you're trying to explain to them. But then it sounds like you're justifying yourself and not explaining yourself. So how could I show them the picture with the data necessary that they would just get it on their own without me ranting at them? And so I figured I would just make a database Of escorts telling their own stories so that people come to their own conclusions, and hopefully enough data would just act as a source for people that want to know what sex workers actually have to say about themselves. And it wouldn't be me putting it all together in one article, it would just be me putting these interviews out, and you can decide for yourself. So that's the best way I could think to do that.
0: Did you expect? It to have as large of a following as it does
1: now. Okay, I well, I have. don't think it has that big of a following.
0: It has over 8,000 downloads. What do you mean?
1: Oh, yeah, 80,000. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that, actually. It's 80, yeah. not 8? Eight. Yeah, I know. Oh, it. Thank you for correcting. <laughs> it's been out since like August, though, I guess. But yeah. Uh, well, um, I think that
0: for one 8,000, I think you had, or around 9,000 for your first
1: episode. Yes, credit to Miss Madison Winter for having 9,000 listens on her episode. I think the second highest is 5,000, so she kind of doubled it. So bravo, you amazing woman, you. It's a great example of a woman who literally works full-time at making the brand she wants, the business she wants, the life she wants. Like she works all the time. People don't give her enough credit for that. Like it's it's not as easy as just making an account and like having whatever it is. She works her butt off. She's an inspiration. Just felt the need to add that since I know a lot of us have been getting a lot of hate mail recently. It's not to say no one else works hard. I think anyone in this business works a shit ton. We just need to stop, you know, clawing at each other and just bring each other up i think the hate mail's got a little out of a little out of hand here um I love oh, of course i do she's so nice it's like every single guest i've had on i've actually found to be amazing anyone willing to tell their story not knowing what's going to happen but just liking the ethos like amazing people and she's so nice to everyone she see is. see she what me a burger. i didn't know her before that day i interviewed her everyone never met her never talked to her I didn't oh, really? yeah. No, I did, I'm not from Toronto. I didn't know any escorts here. I just wanted to do this. Um, so I sent out a message to, I don't know, like four or five different escorts in Toronto that look like they've been around for a while and were prominent enough so they might, you know, be willing to take pity on me. I don't know. <laughs> and I had the first two or three ladies. Cancel ghost last minute for you know good reason. They had no idea if I actually meant that I was doing this or not. When something isn't actually created yet, you don't know if this person means it. Um, so yeah, right. So I, I totally get why people ghosted me. It was really disheartening though because I put all this work into it. I bought all this equipment, I figured out how to manipulate audio files. Like, I try to watch like all these different hosts be like, This is how you introduce someone, this is how you do this. And i kind of took notes i just watched all of it and was like oh this is gonna be a shit show and she came and yeah it was really fun i'm glad she came and then i fully thought no one else would ever possibly want to be part of this because i've had such a hard time finding anyone to follow through and then madison said i I might have one or two friends interested and i said awesome and in the meantime i messaged one or two other girls and they got back to me and then a few people that Madison knew got back to me. And uh, yeah, from then on, it got enough traction that people started getting in touch with me. Um, And I just let anyone that got in touch with me because I was like, oh my god, yes, another person wants to do this. I cannot believe it. This is never going to happen again. Jumping on this right now. And then I was completely not ready for anyone to be interested, let alone like 200 people. And now it's like, I have no idea what criteria to pick people under. Like, I think everyone's story is equally valid because we're all under the same constraints of working in a stigmatized industry and everyone's got a crazy story and I have no idea how to pick through or run my own business on the side or have my own life. Like, it's very, like, I'm very not good at this. I'm not, <laughs> not organized at all. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Okay, but just, I, I like, I don't know how everyone thinks I picked guests it was me cold emailing people and then kind of word of mouth me being so thrilled and kind of inviting anybody that would actually show up to come on that seemed like a great person and then from there just me being super overwhelmed that's that's about what happened were you overwhelmed with me i don't know okay after there was some like backlash for not being diverse enough but to me i'd had some like emails about there not being any like sex work mothers or like you know I some emails I read and then I kept trying to fast track that and that takes a few weeks to actually get in progress recorded and happen and then I heard I wasn't diverse enough in other ways and so I tried to fix that and I'm obviously always going to be trying to fix it but it, it does take some time and just some patience but of course I want to make sure that all the different kinds of stories are represented it's just so hard to tell You know, without sitting down with someone and hearing the whole story, what their story is. I can't just judge what their story is. I'm also super aware that we are a vulnerable, you know, part of society. And I don't want to kind of use people for their story and put them in a position to get trolled or you know, harassed because they're different and they were vulnerable and out there. Like I I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I put someone in harm's way. So it's real. It really was people reaching out to me and we'll see what I craft as the best decision uh, moving forward. I've been thinking about it quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, like I go into numerous mind fucks with myself. (laughs)
0: From my understanding, you do not have any background in broadcasts journalism or in media
1: or anything like that no like i was i was a host like a waitress for six seven years throughout university but Uh i was not a media specialist in any way no i've never been on camera or on a microphone
0: well have you had any challenges recording the podcast
1: oh it's pure fucking agony hearing my own voice like the first 10 or 15 minutes of any recording i gotta i gotta stop after 10 minutes usually and i'm like oof like, it sounds like I didn't even go to high school. I say the word like, like, it's going out of style. I cannot believe this is what I sound like. I feel as though I really gained some years some years of wisdom listening to myself be an idiot on live, live recordings. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, I think it's okay. Once I figured out how to make everything work, um, it's all just the same every week. Nobody tried to get me to make any crazy noise effects because apart from making that intro sound bite, I already had the idea before I started. the, the, intro, by the way. <laughs> Before I even started editing the first episode, I recorded three episodes and then I listened to them. Big mistake. You should always listen right after because I made the same mistake for the first three episodes, which is really embarrassing. And I listened to the episodes and edited it out just parts of it I thought sounded cool and would do well in an intro and that's one I just put together. I guess the inspo is kind of like I like the Radio Lab podcast uh intro where it's like like little guttural sounds and so I thought if I took sound bites that sounded cool and put them on like an intro, that'd be my version of it. So yeah. Had the idea before I even started finding uh the audio bites for it before I even listened to it for the first time I knew what I wanted. And it worked out magically.
0: Does your voice sound like you thought it would sound, even though you hate to hear
1: the sound of your voice? I don't even know what that question means. Obviously, our voice does not sound like we think it does, because I'm hearing it from a different place than it's going, just with my head the way it is. I think I sound a lot less impressed with things, or a lot more Valley Girl-like. It's either one or the other. There's no, like, in-between. I (laughs) like your voice oh uh, thank you I like your voice
0: <laughs> do your clients ask you anything about that anything you've said in an episode is it hard to balance your in-person work with the podcast does one identity restrain the other you do person? not
1: have to ask this whole question yeah
0: yeah I know <laughs> but do you think you have a di- different persona from your escort persona your podcast and your escort persona that's a very interesting question
1: I think that- it's the same person Right. It's totally the same person. Uh, But I'm very aware that I am, like, overly... um, Oh, I guess, you know, I guess it's just my personality anyways. I, I, like, say, oh, I do this stupid stuff too all the time. Don't worry. Or I give up personal information, personal vulnerable information, so that someone telling their vulnerabilities aren't, like... I'm, like, poking and prodding them and giving nothing in return. But I guess I, I do that normally anyway. So, yeah, no, I'm always the same person, I'd say. And it's funny because I think I'm the same person. And I had one client once say they were a huge fan of the podcast. And then when they met me the first time and watched Jenner, they are like, you're different than on the podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> what did they what I don't that know that it was... That I don't think fiction? that it was meant to be an insult or anything. I have no idea. Afterwards, they're like, I don't remember saying that. I'm like, well, that's good. <laughs>
0: but- <laughs> what has been the most interesting thing you have learned or discovered during this podcast? About yourself? About your guests? About sex work in general?
1: Um, I already thought this, but I guess doing this has confirmed it. Just that we all very much have the same struggles in the same industry, Like we have a tendency to just think we're alone in our struggles and we are probably alone in them. It's very isolating um, because we tend not to tell people, but we're all facing the same struggle. So don't feel alone in that way. For example, most of us are having to lie every single day, family member, friends uh, to the person we're renting from none of us are as busy as we all make it seem i mean we have this assumption that everyone else is constantly working all the time has the best clients and you know that we're the only ones that maybe have a bad day or bad experiences or maybe had to work one day and we didn't feel like it i think for some reason we all think that other people have it better than us and i think that it's it's purely that's just part of the brand for most people you don't want to be showcasing a bad day at work like why would that be the promo reel for your brand it doesn't really make sense and i think that we have a tendency to kind of shame people for looking happy, which was fucked. We all have, you know, past traumas, future ambitions, multiple talents, and we're all amazing people. Uh but yeah, I would just say that an escort isn't one kind of person and that we're all, you know, facing the same issues. And it's kind of been nice hearing from other people directly that, that me thinking that was indeed close to reality. I've also been super impressed by how honest and candid people are with a microphone. I even tested this out with a friend before doing the first recording and they told me like three things they never told me before. I've known them for four years and I'm like, what? It just took a microphone in front of your face to actually finally tell me the truth? Like what's happening here? It's amazing power. I think it's finally you realize you have a chance to tell your truth and I'm not going to alter it. It's just going to be out there. So I really, I'm kind of obsessed with how honest people are because I don't think it happens that much in person. And I think as companions, we already get that, but it's like that on steroids. And I just, I love hearing people's stories. I really do.
0: So what is on tap for season two? What are your expectations for the next season of your podcast?
1: Um. Well... I obviously am gonna keep up uh, interviewing some escorts. No one's special. The point is that it's literally anybody um I will have to come up with like a submission form or something um uh, some kind of some kind of direction somehow or I'm just gonna be sit in the corner of my apartment with like my hands up in the air for days <laughs> yeah, basically I know some people have offered to help, but like. I, when people message me, they're telling me their personal information, you know? And if I source it out to some third party, like I'm not comfortable doing that with people's information. So it's all just, it's my own, my own project. I'll figure it out myself. I respect that. Yeah. Especially with like how many times I ask consent over the course of this entire pro- process, like with the recording and then after I edit it and then again before publishing. Like I, I just, I feel way better just all doing it myself right now. Um, i I hope to have some academics on actually to talk about the body and media in history and a few other academics I had therapists on maybe maybe I have a lawyer I don't really see the point though because laws change so much and they're so different on each country like to each respective country. Yeah. I think having maybe some authors of the of some of the other books we all really like would be really cool. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm really looking forward to what I end up doing here in the near future, and in, in short, it's gonna be whatever is. Interesting. Whatever is interesting, whatever's beneficial. It's going to maybe be really weird guests you wouldn't expect or maybe a topic that I think relates to sex work in some way. Whatever it is, it's going to spark really interesting conversations, be fun to make and be fun to listen to. Because essentially what makes me interesting is the weird places my brain goes and the way that it connects things and the questions I ask. And so I'm just going to follow my passion in that sense. I'm really excited about it. And for some reason, I want to keep it to escorts and not other sex workers, not because I think that we are in any way better. Um, it's just I have only ever been an escort. And so I want to make sure I'm not like talking out of my ass or not properly giving someone... Um, their space to tell their story. And I'm not entirely sure I would do that with other versions of sex work. And this is a bunch of space for any other sex workers out there to make a podcast about that because obviously all their stories need to be told as well. I think often escorts are put at the bottom of the hierarchy when the hierarchy is created. And if I can manage to destigmatize what is often considered the lowest rung of the hierarchy, then all the other ones surely will be destigmatized as well, right? So, that is what the hierarchy is for people
0: who may not know what it,
1: that is. Yeah. It's an of course. So, right. if the quote, quote, worst thing to do is to be an escort, and I managed to destigmatize that, or we all manage to destigmatize it together, then by default, all the other forums will be, you know, seen as acceptable as well. I told you, I watched a lot of sex worker documentaries today. So, I don't know, just pandemic felt kind of down. And. These are granted from 2015, 16, 2017, but all these porn stars are saying, at least I'm not a prostitute, and it really irked me.
0: We need some updates. Come
1: on now, like, enough. I wouldn't say, at least I'm not a porn star, that's horrible, I'd never even think that, but I get it. Maybe because it's illegal in the States, I don't know. You guys, we're all in sex work, we're all doing it together, we will all win when we all treat each other with respect. And I say this now, but I might actually end up, you know, interviewing or conversing with other kinds of sex workers. I have no idea. Stay tuned, really. I know some of your Twitter
0: followers have seen you mention this. <laughs> Reality,
1: show. <though>. Oh, God. <laughs> what are
0: some new and exciting things that you're working on at the moment in regards to your brand and in your personal life?
1: Oh my god, that does sound like a lot of fun. I will actually be. I did. I did pull up some stuff, and maybe we will. We'll, maybe we will make a reality TV show. Why not? I seem to be passable at making things happen, and the world loves reality TV for some reason. But this would be really cool because we could see a bunch of different cool escorts just tell their stories, and have it not be stereotypical, which could be a benefit to media. But yeah, my brand, I'm just going to write this book and then I have no idea what's next. Very excited about finishing what I'm writing because I've been writing it for so long and I really do enjoy it. When do you expect to be
0: finished? with this
1: Oh my God, Mom, stop pressuring me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just asking. I know
0: everyone is wondering.
1: I have several versions of it to be honest and i couldn't decide for the longest time if it should be like memoir format or what but i chose i chose fiction because i'd like it to be a story just based on reality but there's just there's not enough room for fun in a memoir or just maybe not the way i was doing it (laughs) 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 but i predict to be done writing it this year i don't know about public publishing it and whatnot but uh yeah, it's already been written like 18 times. It's just rewriting, re-adding. 18 times. I've written it a lot of times, added a lot more stories. It's really just me picking a narrative and making sure I tie in this huge list of ideas. I need to make sure it's all peppered in there properly. Oof, and this is entirely non-apropos, but just for any anyone out there wondering, the book is not about you. Uh, In the past, when I've told clients or people in arrangements that I was writing a book they're like oh don't put me in it and you know I'm I'm kind of insulted at the idea that I have literally nothing in this world to write about apart from you your details and your life story like if I write about an experience with a client it's going to be a guy in a blue shirt one said like it's in no way about who you are what your job is what your name is none of that matters what matters is the way you're acting it's definitely not an expose or a gossip column like I don't care just (laughs) just wanted to add that in there I can book. name a character after you. We can talk about this later. Pick oh, your oh pick God. your saucy name. <laughs> saucy. And, like,
0: and
1: <laughs> you can be the scamby character.
0: Oh my goodness. What is it that you dislike about this industry? And what do you enjoy most about it?
1: I very much dislike how much we get judged either by each other inadvertently a lot or just in general. <laughs> I dislike that I have to lie all the fucking time because I am not ashamed of myself. Um, But other other people's shame for me puts me to shame and it is relentless. So I'm done feeling shame for other people and yet I'm not because I still feel it. So I really dislike that. What I enjoy about this industry is how I get to work for myself. I love being free. I love choosing my form of work. I love having the mental power and free time available to me to actually work on other things that I'd be really good at. I like talking to really intelligent people I'd never get to actually ever meet otherwise at this point in my life. Um, I like the adrenaline too. (laughs) little adrenaline junkie. (laughs) It is adrenaline-filled. It's always fun. I dislike being called a whore enough already. I mean, like I don't mind it when it's like fun, but as you know and I may cut may cut it out, but I feel like people could, you know, relate that I just dated somebody for like a year and they told me I would be wife material if I wasn't an escort with my life. Oh wow. And other f- shitty fucking sentences like that that really just stick with you, you know you're this kind of woman you're not that kind of woman and just i like yes you're one kind of person and not another but it has nothing to do um with your chosen form of preferred exploitation under capitalism like because you go to a nine to five you're better than me like come on Absolutely. Ugh, just get over yourself
0: do you have a retirement <laughs> date in mind
1: i personally will not be doing this for a lifetime um, I presume within the next five years, I don't know what date exactly, but yes, T-minus five years at the most, just because I have so many things on my list I want to do, you know?
0: I know. What is your current favorite book or a book that you recommend to others?
1: Uh, it's cliche. I really like The Alchemist. I... Really like The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath, too.
0: I like that one, too. I have not read The Alchemist, but I need to
1: get on it. Oh, it's so it. short. It's really, it's a good one. And then I guess my favorite book since grade nine, since my English teacher told me about it, has been Shantaram. I really should update it, but I still keep going back to it because I, for some reason, just like the writing of it. It's a little bit long, but Shantaram. author for that? Gregory David Roberts. I like that right now his website says he's taken time away from society too for the past like five years. And I'm like, I respect that move too. Oh, wow. So I guess I was right about liking this book. The guy that wrote it is like intact. Do you have a
0: favorite
1: TV show? I'm obsessed with how people act in relationships. So I really do love First Dates UK. I've watched obviously the US and Australian versions too. <laughs> I. I like Killing Eve. I like Handmaid's Tale. Rick and Morty is funny. Oh, I'm obsessed with Peep Show, too. I've watched the entire thing over, like, three or four times. Grace and Frankie.
0: <laughs> I just started that one last
1: night. I know so. it's, it's for, like, people my mom's age, but, like, I find it to be very relaxing and hilarious. <laughs> and I love Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. I don't know. I just like them. Who do you have the
0: biggest crush
1: on at the moment i hate that i put this question in there because it's hard to answer but i wanted it to be like positive reinforcement for everyone in the industry but it's really hard to pick somebody obviously everyone that's been on the podcast obviously and then i think amber ashton is hilarious and i love her accent she's adorable i, I love her too i think billy farlow has like amazing social media skills and her hair always her looks amazing Oh my god, yeah, her cooking ever since quarantine. God damn, she's a little master chef. Quarantine (laughs) kitchen. Oh god, I had a third one. Who is the third one? Fuck. Oh yeah, Emily Kane for some reason. Yeah, I very much like a well read woman and like something about her sentence structure and vocabulary use. Like, whoo. Hello. I've never met her, but. (laughs) <laughs> any day <laughs> yeah Um, I think that's that's all I can think of at the moment apart from everyone
0: do you care to share a memorable or personal experience for those seeking a little taste of what it is like, I mean you you shared a lot I
1: yeah know. I didn't shut up oh, a lot is there anything oh, you want
0: to say to all the other escorts and listeners
1: anything else I want to say I want to say for this to work, to destigmatize it, you've got to be proud um, of being a sex worker. When you tell people you're an escort or that you are involved in sex work, you've got to be like, yeah, I'm involved in sex work and I'm proud. Don't let anyone tell you you shouldn't be. For it to work, the people in the jobs have to be proud of themselves. And so I think that's the greatest takeaway from this. Remember that just because I... Try to represent all escorts doesn't mean I do it right. And you might be listening to me sometimes being like, what is she talking about? And you are right. What am I talking about? But the point is that we'll all get there together if we were together and we don't fight with each other. Never let anyone tell you who you are. Not other escorts that tell you that you're too much like them. Not yourself telling yourself you don't deserve whatever it is, a certain amount, a certain Time to yourself to try a new project. Don't let anybody tell you who you are and go out there and try. Just try because if you don't try, like you're going to be thinking about it forever about how you never tried. At least if you try, you can fail. Just like I am. Join me in this.
0: Excellent. Beautifully said. <laughs> Thank Beautiful. you. <laughs> and if you want to do something, you want to start something, I'm going to add it in myself. Go ahead. Um, If you want to start a podcast, if you want to start a YouTube channel, you can also be the change that we need in the community.
1: There's enough capacity out there for all of us to have one. We need it. We need need all of it.
0: We need all of
1: it. Yeah. Leave it
0: up to the people who have podcasts and things already. If you feel like you have a message that needs to be heard, go out and do it.
1: Especially if you have better ideas. Better. You look at me and you're like, oh my God, I got 18 pointers. I'm like, yes. Do it! I want to see it. I'm
0: Are sure you sure could do it, it way now? better than me. <laughs> and what is there a link to a Patreon? Oh my god!
1: Enough. No, okay. I'm doing a GoFundMe Go. right now because I'm not creating new uh, episodes every week. But yeah. So
0: you have a GoFundMe
1: then? Yeah, I'll That's put it cool. in the show notes. It's essentially an amount that would let me recoup the cost of what it's taken to make uh, the podcast these past months. Yeah.
0: Well, congratulations. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you for
0: having me. What's Sienna
1: and Elliot? Oh, my God. Lots of kisses. Stay sane. I know this is a scary time, but know that we're all gaining 10 pounds together, having panic attacks together, and also laying on the floor doing nothing, having a blast together. It's all three. It's one of the three moods. You're either freaking out stressing out or drunk <laughs> it's just me balls to the wall, to be an creator god damn i took that whole bath that i have that one picture in for like an hour and a half and every single picture was disgusting except that one that was the first picture it's hard out here for the content creator i just i Right. Takes a lot of a lot of work to actually adapt. I'm very proud of everybody. Okay, well I'm gonna let you, whatever it is you're doing, lots of stuff for the rest of the day. You got lots on the schedule. <laughs> okay, bye everybody. Lots of love. Bye. Thank you, Elliot, for those lovely hosting skills. And thank you to everyone for listening to my story this week. I feel I omitted this thought, and looking back at this episode, I will likely be mad if I don't have this in there somewhere, Um, so forgive me. I want to say that you can choose to see sex work as a negative in society while also wishing to see it operate under healthy practices, under the healthiest possible model. Whether or not you approve of the philosophy of sex work, it is increasingly being engaged in. And the way it's stigmatized doesn't stop people from engaging in it. Instead, it just has negative consequences for most often vulnerable people involved, giving them less options for future employment, various forms of abuse to deal with on the daily, a lack of acceptance in society. For many of us, sex work offers and has offered a level of freedom and independence that isn't easily attained in this economic model we operate under none of us have chosen this model we're all simply trying to survive in it and we've chosen our best case scenario just as you have there seems to be a lack of fault attributed to the system that has enabled and created these working conditions and instead the fault lies with sex workers which i mean is is flawed to me in short i think we're persecuting the wrong party here so you can have an issue with the philosophy of sex work but sex workers themselves are hard-working people that deserve respect All right, I got that out. (laughs) What an interesting time to be alive. I want to say thank you to all of you. I mean, without everyone listening to this, it wouldn't be a thing. So many of you have taken your time out to write me beautiful emails of appreciation, and it means a lot, and I really do appreciate all the feedback. I don't claim to do things right the first time. There's definitely a learning curve, and mistakes really become best apparent only once I've made them. It's also been an interesting journey being exposed to hate for a creative project. Obviously, as sex workers, we get the explicit, condescending, whatever, emails regularly, so that's a wash. But it being about something you've created does hit at a sweet spot of pain. And I think a lot of you can relate to that now, especially with all of us creating so much more online content. I know a lot of you have experienced an uptick in trolling. Just remember that you're not alone. Don't let other people tell you who you are. And don't stop creating new things. So, what's gonna happen to the Escort Deconstructed? Well, naturally, gonna have to keep having people tell their stories, but the format is going to be different. I was quite the noob when I started all this and feel another format may be better to get other underlying interesting aspects out. I did originally see this as a research project of sorts. And I'll keep that up, but it won't dictate the flow of conversation as much anymore. This podcast is going to be about anything related to destigmatization, anything interesting and fun. I've been restricting my personality a fair bit thus far for lack of knowing the proper way to be unbiased. I don't even think I've been doing that properly. Um, And I don't know that it's quite as interesting as someone fully being themselves. So we're going to see where my actual personality takes (laughs) me. That's what mainly has landed me as being good at any of this, is that I'm eccentric and it makes me a bit socially awkward in large groups, but good at having thought-provoking conversations. Personally, I have not been handling this quarantine well. Uh, two months of existential crisis episodes like many of you, I'm sure. Panic attacks, lack of income, lack of knowing what to do with the future, all while in a tiny confined space alone most of the time. Luckily, I've moved to have more space now. Regain some sanity. We're all trying to construct new realities and grieve the death of our old lives. I find comfort in the idea of instead putting some of my focus into making more podcasts. And maybe by hearing from more of all of you and having this bridge to the community stay constant, uh, maybe we can all just feel less alone. Maybe I can offer something positive. Ah, uh, yes, last last point here. Uh, I can no longer do in-person interviews, so alas, the world map has finally opened up. I just needed to be forced into finding the best way to record remotely like all of you. I don't think any of us will be able to escape this pandemic without being little mini-IT technicians. I was pretty anxious about sharing this today, um, but all my guests in the past have already done it, so <laughs> what do I have to be anxious about? all right, that's all I've, that's all I've got for us today. I hope everyone has a great day and don't forget,
0: stay curious.